Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of diminishing returns. Now we'll go from one thing to another, from better to worse, from evil to perverted, degenerating more and more. Man has a void that cannot be filled except by God, Romans 8.20 tells us. And you can try to fill it with material things, with, with education, with and whatever. You, you fill in the blank. You will come up empty. You'll have to move on to something else. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Known and feared for his physical strength, Samson learned in a mighty way that God was his power, not magic associated with long hair. Violating one vow after another, Samson eventually lost the power of the Spirit because he disobeyed. Today on Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier sifts through the aftermath of ashes from a life of immoral character of the man Samson. Let's listen. Judges 16, we're going to look at the whole chapter. The message entitled, Samson, who chose to sin. The man Samson fell in love with a woman in the valley of Zorik named Delilah. And so he's plotted against by the Philistines with Delilah. They know his weakness his Achilles heel, if you will. Notice in five, the five lords of the Philistines came to Delilah and laid out to her an offer. They came and they told her to entice Samson to find out where his great strength lied and by what means they might overpower him. Now the five lords of the Philistines were willing to pay Delilah and five there, each lord of the Philistines promised to give her 1,100 pieces of silver. In 6, Delilah asked Samson straight out directly to reveal how his strength could be overcome. <laughs> Samson told her, If they buy me with seven fresh bowstrings not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. The lords of the Philistines provided her with the seven fresh bowstrings yet not dried, and she bound him with them in verse 8. The Philistines were hidden in the room, and when she gave the warning to Samson, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. He broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn touched by fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. The second attempt of Delilah comes in 10 through 12 and pleaded that he tell her the secret to bind him. Samson told her, if they bind me securely with new robes that have never been used, then he would become weak. As any man, the Philistines again were hidden in the room. She bound Samson with the new ropes and warned him once again, but he broke them like a thread. Delilah in 13 now accused him, notice, of mocking and lying to her, acting hurt, and asked him to tell her the secret to which he said, if you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom. Delilah wove his hair tightly with the batten of the loom. She gave the signal again. The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke and he pulled out the batten and the web from the loom. He broke free. In 15, Delilah accused Samson now of not loving her. Now she's really turning on the charm and the hurt and the tears, pestering him daily. Kept nagging him, 
kept working on him. And so Samson revealed all his heart in verse 17, telling her of his Nazarite vow. No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite that God from my mother's womb, if shaven, he said, his strength would have him, would leave him and be as any other man. Wrong. Samson was absolutely wrong. The Nazarite vow and the long hair and the diet was all a outward or public demonstration of his consecration and devotion to God. The secret of his strength was the spirit of God coming upon him. In 18, Delilah, recognizing the truth of his call, then called for the lords of the Philistines and told them that Samson had revealed the secret. And so they paid her off. Payday came. In 19, Delilah lulled him to sleep on her knees. Treacherous. And had a man shave the seven locks of his head and provoke and irritated him. Delilah, for the last time, warns him in verse 20. The Philistines are upon you, Samson, only to awake, thinking he would shake himself free, not knowing that the Lord Yahweh had left him. The sharp contrast is stated, but he did not know that the Lord Yahweh had departed from him. But it wasn't due to his hair but rather to his unrepentant worldliness of sin. God removed his strength. The Philistines took Samson and put out his eyes, and they took him down to Gaza, 21 tells us. They bound him with bronze fetters, bronze or brass. It's always symbolic of judgment. This was not a victory for the Philistines. This was God's judgment over Samson. And he became a grinder in the prison. Having such a high potential, he ends up grinding wheat in the prison. He became physically what he was spiritually, blind. He became physically what he was spiritually, bound, as a slave to his sin nature. Samson's hair began to grow again after it had been shaven. The mercy, the grace of God. Man is sinful and depraved, his hunger and thirst for sin is unquenchable. Listen to Job fifteen sixteen. How much less man who is abominable and filthy, who drinks iniquity like water. What a picture. Hell and destruction are never full, so are the eyes of man never satisfied. Proverbs twenty seven twenty. I always gave that to my wife and my daughter when they went shopping. <laughs> man has a void that cannot be filled except by God, Romans 8, 20 tells us. And you can try to fill it with material things, with, with education, with and whatever. You, you fill in the blank. You will come up empty. You'll have to move on to something else. Man will go from one thing to another, from better to worse, from evil to perverted, each time degenerating more and more. Samson began by disobeying his call of Nazarite and became unequally yoked in chapter 14. Samson contaminated himself with dead bodies in chapter 14 and 15. Samson visited a harlot here in chapter 16, verse 1. Samson became enticed by Delilah in 16, 5. 
So each of us can begin to make little compromises to disobey willfully. And before we know it, there's no difference between us and the person in the world. This is the nature of fallen man when he's not governed by God. Samson had become a slave to his immoral character within time. Thirdly, Samson had reaped to his immoral character in verse 23 to 31. 23 and 24, the Philistines celebrated the great victory over Samson. They are delighted. The five lords of the Philistines gave Dagon, their god, the glory, in verse 23. The five lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and rejoice. Dagon means fish god. He was the deity of fertility, represented by the face of a man and the tail of a fish, kind of like the emblem of Starbucks, except it's got a lady there. The five lords of the Philistines declared their god Dagon was more powerful than the god of Samson. And they said, our god has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. It wasn't true. Dagon was now more powerful. God had given Samson over in judgment. In 24, the Philistine people also gave Dagon the glory, not only the leaders. The people praised their God, Dagon, when they saw Samson, when they saw him. They delighted him. See, our sin nature, we delight when somebody gets what we feel they deserve. Our sin nature is bad. Seeing Samson bald. Now that's fashionable today, but not then. Seeing Samson blind. Seeing Samson bound. Wow, they feel good. The people declared three things in 24. Their God was greater. Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy. Their land was now at peace. And the destroyer of our land and their men were finally safe and the one who multiplied our dead. The Philistines, being inebriated, made mockery of Samson 25 to 26. The Philistines added insult to injury. The celebration accompanied much drinking. So it happened when their hearts were merry. It's not Merry Christmas, but they're getting drunk. Everybody has a big mouth. And they're much braver when they drink. It has destroyed so many lives. There's more deaths by alcohol-related than anything else in our nation. The drinking provoked their hatred for Samson. For they said, call for Samson that he may perform for us. Rub it in his face. The word perform means to jest or play act, to make them laugh, to amuse them. The idea was to humiliate him in a mocking way. The orders went out in 25 at the end there, so they called for Samson from the prison, and he performed for them. He is broken man, bound, can't see, his hair is gone. It's God has left him. And so they placed Samson at center stage in verse 25 at the end there, and they stationed him between the pillars. Without any doubt, taunting 
the one strong man and feared man, now weak, laughing at him. The once destroyer of the Philistines, now the entertainer of the Philistines. And we're going to see this supposedly strong man as being led by a young man, a little boy. The Philistines, elated, were destroyed by Samson. They didn't expect it, like those guarding the gate of the city. The blind and broken Samson had a plan. Samson spoke to the lad who held him by the hand. Samson requested that he allow him to feel the pillars which supported the temple in order to lean on them. And without doubt, the Philistines were ridiculing him again, waiting with great anticipation to see how Samson would entertain them. The place was packed out. Look at 27. The temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines, all five were there. And there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed VIP seats. And then comes the prayer of Samson to God. Verse 28. His petition was to empower him again. Then Samson called the Lord Yahweh, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just as once, O God. This is the second time it is recorded that Samson prayed. The first being when he killed the thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. And he cried out to God thinking he was going to die. And God gave him water in chapter 15, 16 through 19. But notice his petition was self-centered. For vengeance, it is still all about Samson, not the glory of God. We read that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for your glory, for my two eyes. Listen carefully. You will die just how you live. This is how Samson lived. The man Samson destroyed his enemies, the Philistines. He believed God in faith for the work. 28 says, And Samson took hold of his two middle pillars, which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on the right, the other on the left. Samson's name in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11.32. God did the work. He was just the instrument. He prayed a second time to God. He stepped out in faith in 29. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. This is the third prayer recorded, but second in the temple of Dagon. This is not suicide, but laying down your life in warfare. Don't confuse this. Don't use this for suicide. Many Christians are being taught that suicide is okay for a Christian. I reject that. Five people committed suicide in the Bible. All of them were not walking with God. They're not in the place where they should have been. They weren't all believers at first, but the ones that were were not walking with God. Okay? I would not recommend suicide to you. If there's a message from the five instances, it says, don't go there. The world commits suicide. When you're born again, 
you've got hope in life. What business does a Christian have committing suicide? My life belongs to him. The man Samson was buried then in verse 30. By his relatives and his brethren and all his father's household came down and took him. At the family plot, they brought him up and they buried him between Zorah and Eshtol and the tomb of his father, Manoah. A short distance from his hometown. As you know, all, he spent most of his life in the, the city. The farthest was when he went to Ashkelon, Gaza, stuff like that. He terminated his office. He had judged Israel 20 years like that. Time flies. What a waste of 20 years. The prophecy was that Samson would begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines, if you remember. How accurate, having begun in the spirit, that he was unable to be made perfect in the flesh and therefore never accomplished all that God had for him. Judges 13.5 told us that before he was even born. Now, you've got one of two options. Either God predestined him to fail and caused him to sin, or he sinned himself. There's no C. It's A or B. <laughs> Be careful which one you choose. There are some important things that we should keep in mind about Samson. They'll be of great value to us. One-man ministries are dangerous. Where a pastor is so exalted and so isolated and that he's accountable to nobody. That's very, very, very dangerous. Samson was a champion, not a leader. Samson trusted God for strength to kill thousands of Philistines, but not to put his flesh to death. Samson was a deserter, and he became a God-deserted man, given over to the consequences of his sin. Samson did not master his flesh as a disciplined athlete. Samson was unfaithful to his call and vocation. All good lessons for us. One put it this way, sow a thought, reap a deed. Sow a deed, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Samson, the secret's not in you or in me, ladies and gentlemen. The secret's in God, his spirit. Sin will deaden a believer's spiritual awareness and desire for the things of God. Much like a disease that would kill off my ability to sense pain, it could be fatal. It's good that we can sense pain. When you, something hurts in your body, it says something's wrong if it doesn't go away right away. You go get help, otherwise you die. The same thing spiritually. When we receive spiritual pain, we need to respond to it. This was Samson, and anyone who does not deal with the early signs of spiritual pain will suffer the same consequences. Samson went from the Philistine girl to the harlot to Delilah, heading for his death. Proverbs 29.1 says, He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck would suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Second, sin will blind a believer being helpless in his or her own strength to be set free. This is the point where a man tries to convince himself that he doesn't have to do what he does. He just chooses to do it because he wants to. Well, in reality, this man is in bondage to that sin, whatever it may be. 
you fill in the blank. Second Peter 2.20 is a very important verse. It says, for if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that's a Christian. That's not a non-believer. No one can escape the pollution of the world except a Christian. And they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than at the beginning. The two young men I buried, gunned down. Thirdly, sin will bind a believer. They'll bind you, deceiving you. To who that person is, a child of God. To what he or she is called to do, live like Jesus. To the wrong he is doing is disobedience to the word. To not be able to see the tragic inevitable end to come just like Samson. But fourthly, sin will kill and bring forth death. A person may boast of the victories they have had in the past regarding sin and they have escaped so many well, that's just grace. Don't teach that for doctrine. It's just God's mercy. Another may boast of having been restored after many years of going back to the world, but there is no guarantee it will happen to every person that they will come back. So you don't want to teach that as doctrine. There's a lot of people that do as Calvinists. Well, well, if he's born again, he'll come back. Really? Or the stupidest statement is, well, you know, they're, they're young. They're just sowing their oats. You want to slap that person. That's a pagan answer. That's a pagan worldview. You may be a Samson one day and will go out as before, not knowing the Lord has departed from you. And you will not escape. No one's above it. Not you, not I. No one. Listen to um, 2 Chronicles 15, 2. It says, and he, Azariah, went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord Yahweh is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. You know there's only one God in the Old and New Testament, right? He's the same. Don't give me that law. He's the same God. Paul put it this way, do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption, but who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Galatians 6, 7 through 8. And that's really the choice before us as we study Samson. As God has allowed this to be recorded for all generations to learn from. Samson had reaped to his immoral character in time the character of Samson through the final events of his life reveal these three very clear things Samson had developed an immoral character through time Samson had become a slave to his immoral character within time and Samson had reaped to his immoral character in time Samson who chose to sin such great potential such waste of potential may God give us wisdom and we yield to it once he was blind 
But now the humbled Samson finally saw his utter dependence upon God. Pastor Xavier Reese concluding our look into the simple truths of Judges chapter 16. And this message titled, Samson Who Chose to Sin, is available on CD upon request for just $4. Having your own copy allows you to review the study again at your own pace. Plus, we'll be able to include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So, once again, the title to ask for is, Samson Who Chose to Sin. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us next time for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com